Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Welcome to 2019 Podcast Rewind listeners. This is episode 57, our very first of the year. This is Amy Randolph, one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Erica Jarvis. Hey, everybody. And like Amy mentioned, it is 2019. We just said off air, we have literally been podcasting in three different years, 2017, 18, and 19. And that is so cool. Even though, like, we're just, what? 14, 15 months old now, but it's cool that we've touched. We can yeah. say since 2017, we've been podcasters. That's kind of all that matters. Like on your resume, you could say 2017 to, to present. present. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love a, a resume edit. It's my favorite thing to do is destroy a resume. I don't know about you, but I actually feel like we haven't podcasted in a long time yes. because New Year's Eve, we did our big 2018 rewind uh-huh. show, but that was eight days ago. Yeah. So this truly is the first time we're potting yes. in 19, even though most listeners probably didn't hear our New Year's Eve show till Correct. the new year. Yes. And we anyway. hope you guys had a fun, safe New Year's holiday. Amy and I had a fun, very safe, yet very drunken holiday staying yep. in the apartment, off the roads, safety first, bitches, Drink indoors. Drink this in place. Is, this is 30. Like they said on <laughs> Vanderpump Rules recently, when you turn 30, like, you don't have to go out and get no. wasted anymore. You can drink wine at home. You really can. But you know what? And jammies. We are doing something a little different here on Podcast Rewind for Drink of the Week. We can't even cheers because... We can try. When it's like, you've got a koozie on your can. I will move it. Oh, my God. I was going to oh. skip it on purpose because... Oh, you know it obsessed me. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll with me sometimes, Rolling, man. Trying, trying, trying. <laughs> anyway, look. So on podcast rewind, we are doing drink of the week, but we're both doing um, a non-alcoholic beverage. We absolutely are because in this new year, a resolution for uh, the podcast rewind host is sober January. Yes. So I think I mentioned it on. 2018 Rewind. I'm doing a Sober January light. Sure. Like, it's not a full Miller. It's a Miller light. So I can drink if I'm out on dates. And (laughs) so I made sure to go on a date Friday and Saturday over the weekend. (laughs) You do you. But, you know, we're going to get into resolutions and, you know, what the purpose of Sober January is and all the other things that we're looking forward to as we start off this new year. But first of all, let's at least mention what's, what's wetting our willies our gullets are what? Anyway, I'm having It's wedding your whistle happy to <laughs> still advise you of that. Hey, I can be sober and still fuck shit up on the show. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Anyway, I'm having just a really nice uh, chamomile honey herbal tea. Awesome. I'm having one of my favorite sparkling water beverages by Spindrift. So this is the grapefruit flavor. And I believe that like the case says like in one, you know, case of eight cans they have squeezed one full grapefruit into it so okay 
I'll, I'm going to need a, um, like a factory walkthrough to believe that, but all right. I know. Who on the manufacturing line is like, ooh. No. It's not happening. It's not happening. Um, but we're still having beverages on the show is basically what we're saying. Well, yeah. You know, it's part of the fabric of the format of this show. But we're trying something new here in 2019. So and roll with Like us. we were talking earlier, we're, we're still funny. Well, okay. So now we have to measure against that. <laughs> well... It's fine. They know who we are by now, Amy. We've been podcasting for three years. Basically <laughs> for three years. But during society, we still are always obsessed about things Clearly. that go on in our world. Amy, mm-hmm. what you got? You know, I started this off on New Year's Day and got some more in this past weekend. I've been obsessed with going and seeing the movies that oh. I've been telling myself I want to see in the theaters. I do this every year. The great holiday movies come out, and I say, oh, I want to see this and this and this, and I do none of it. <laughs> I never get my buttski to the theater, but I saw Vice this week. <gasps> I saw so Mary Queen of Scots, and you and I went to see Mary Poppins Returns over this past yes. weekend, and I'm so thrilled. I do love going to movies, yeah. and I want to make more time in my life to carve out that three hours, yeah. that 25 bucks, mm-hmm. and go do it. And I'm super obsessed that I've been doing it. And then just minor obsession that I just have to mention, The Bachelor came back last yep. night. And I want to be more obsessed with it than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through the first episode, and it's a real stinker so far. But the cool thing is the return of some of my favorite podcasts – like the Rose Pricks podcast, maybe Almost Famous with Ben and Ashley, mm-hmm. I'll listen to this year. The Bachelor. Bachelor is so good. Yeah, so there's some great shows at least coming back that I can put in my weekly rotation. And uh, and I would say deep dive back into our catalog. I think we did a whole pod once talking about all of our favorite podcasts that support The Bachelor, Bachelorette, BIP, the whole kit and caboodle out of ABC. For sure. And so those are the ones we're going to be listening to. Yeah, and because I'm not jazzed about this season, I'm going to have zero problem checking him with reality Steve and letting him just like tell me tonight who fucking wins the whole season. <laughs> you so know, I can, that is my favorite thing to do is spoil myself. Absolutely. Shows. What are you obsessed with? Well, Amy, it's been a while mm-hmm. since I've been obsessed with a television show. Okay. I know it has kind of been your pocket, if you will, yes. on the pods. my lane. It is your lane, but I am watching this new show on Netflix, which I believe actually might have aired on Lifetime first, mm-hmm. and it's called You. And so... I cannot wait to get into this oh with you. Oh, my God. I read a great article about it today. Oh, it is psychological thriller, think... Swim fan 2018, but of the Gossip Girl era, but we're in our 20s. It was <laughs> all a lot. of that. That's a lot of references. <laughs> well, also, like, because Penn Badgley, who played Dan Humphreys on Gossip Girls, and this, so I'm going to use that reference, but it's so good. And I would say there's 10 plus episodes out on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. And every episode, I'm like trying to stay awake to see the next one. I'm like, you have to go to bed. You have to work in the morning. But it's so good. It's dark. It's creepy. It's my perfect kind of like murdery, darky stuff. It's yeah. so good. Like I said, I read a great article. I think it may have been from Huffington Post uh-huh. um, about how some people who are just waiting to watch it, if you've just seen the first few episodes, you're starting to root for the villain, the yes. character that Penn Badgley plays. Yes. Because it's this man who's stalking this girl 
but we have this problem with like rom-coms lately where yes. like in 50 shades of gray where like the rich man obsessively stalks uh-huh. this young kind of hopeless girl and we all have to think it's we're told to think it's really romantic Sexy. but it is absolutely 100 percent okay. not okay especially in the me too era yeah. right but how some people watching us are like oh i kind of dig him he seems sweet and it's like no he's a murderer uh-huh so i can't wait to start watching it for myself it's totally something I'm yeah spoiler alert to. he may or may not be a murderer but um, well, everyone everyone probably knows you know. but no it is really dark and twisted but like you're right in a way i'm like yeah, I get it, man. But there's such a social media aspect. Like, bringing in the digital age of today is a really cool thing that they're adding into television. And yeah. they are crushing it with this one. And the most recent episode I watched, John Stamos was on. He had a full beard. He was Ooh. sexy. It was so great. But New really, father, John Stamos. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, but I cannot wait until tonight to go to bed and keep watching. Yeah, I mean, I've got to finish up The Bachelor, but then then you might be on that. I might just have you tell me about The Bachelor every <laughs> Tuesday, because I don't know if I can do it with this cult nerd. Ooh, it's this Yahoo. This Yahoo over here. <laughs> um, all right, so do you want to go ahead and jump into the meat? Yeah, of- let's get to the meat and potatoes of today's episode. All right, so we kind of mentioned earlier New Year's resolutions. Yeah. We kind of laid out last week what our resolutions are going to be for ourselves and for the podcast, but there's so much more to be said about a resolution, keeping a resolution. What is a attainable resolution versus what are you going to forget about by January 15th? (laughs) Exactly. So we kind of wanted to dig into it and maybe help ourselves and thereby Uh y'all figure out how to formulate and really hold on to keep and attain those resolutions you have for 2019. Yeah. I mean, I have to be honest. New Year's resolutions are always really hard for me. Mm -hmm. I just, I want to be that girl that journals every day and does like the bullet journaling and, you know, is so cute and has like her affirmations every morning. And like, all I care about in the morning is like brushing my teeth, having coffee, getting ready for work, listening to my favorite music and her podcast. And girls who wake up and like read or journal, I'm like, I don't want to be you. But is that not who I am at the end of the day? So like every year I try to resolve to maybe find ways to do that. And it's a little difficult. But so yeah, we started to listen to a lot of different podcasts and we run the gamut. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some articles going on too. I, for myself, I am a chronic resolution giver-upper. Uh-huh. You know, I, I mean well, I intend well. I think it was two years ago that I, maybe three, I was going to become a journaler. I was yep. going to journal every night before bed. I think I journaled three times and one was wasted (laughs) didn't we do that because Andy Cohen did his like Andy Cohen diaries and then we started to do that and yeah I recall like reading back on that journal I was like the fuck did you write first of all my handwriting is crap sober right after a few drinks it's like I did this tonight exactly bad so like what why do people do resolutions yeah I mean I think that it's Organically, it makes sense. It's the beginning of a new year. Same, yeah. Especially, you know, it's still winter time, but spring is is coming. It's on the horizon. So, it, you know, it makes sense for, like, rebirth yeah. and re-gifting. I listened to a podcast. I honestly didn't finish it, but a new podcast I hadn't listened to before called Am I Doing This Right? <laughs> With two young millennial hosts. They kind of dove back into the beginning of people recording their resolutions. Uh-huh. It was like a Babylonian-era 
resolution to like the beginning of the year was the time for you to repay your debts and like return tools you borrowed from your neighbors. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which, you know, it's just very functional. Sure. You know? And it's like kind of, you know, time's up. You've had my shit for a year. Yep. Pay it back. Give it back. I get it. Yeah. And then some hippie came along, <laughs> I suppose, like, what later on well and too? was like, but what if I boojo? <laughs> Sorry, I almost spit out my spin drift on the mic. <laughs> Hashtag not an ad. I mean, it's also the same with birthdays if you think about it. Like, you've got your new year around the sun and people True. are like, I resolve an age, you know, 37 to have my best body ever. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that newness always makes people think back on the last year and want better for themselves. I always enjoy, kind of opposite of you, I enjoy thinking about what my resolutions are going to be. For the next year, you know, like I think every year I kind of force you into a conversation like that week between Christmas and New Year's about how do you think the year has gone, Uh you know, trying to measure my, the resolutions I may have made for myself the beginning of the year. Did I meet them? Do I even remember what they were? And then thinking forward to like, what do I want to accomplish or what do I want to feel better for about myself? And like I already admitted, I think about those things, I mean well, yeah. and I know I never really set up, up to the plate and follow through. No, I know we talked about it on the Rewind episode, but I think it was like 2017, 2016, I don't know. But I resolved <laughs> to write one good thing that happened to me every day down. And I did that. And I'm really proud that I did that. You would think I would take that pride and be like, every year. And I was like, no, I'm good. I did it for a year. I did it. But like, check. I think about it all the time. Like, I did it. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's also so part of it. Like, once you do stick with your resolution, the pride that sticks with you and you want to keep going. And I have a friend, Jen, who you know as well, who resolved in 2018 to read one book a week. And she did it, which is amazing. And she was like, I want to set that goal for myself again. And I was like, I don't think it's a goal anymore. I think you just say you were a person that reads a book a week when, you know, you can. And then that goal that you had for yourself becomes your lifestyle. And then, therefore, you're not working towards it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just part of your fabric. Well, then, good for Jen because she is part of the 8% statistic of New Year's resolutions that are kept until the end of the year. I'm getting this information from an article on Forbes.com. Who was, uh, which was written by a woman named uh, Ashira Prosnek, who says, I write about millennials, Gen Z, leadership, and careers. Like, so perfect for this show, right? Yes. But she put out an article on December 31st called, uh, titled, This Year, Don't Set New Year's Resolutions. Okay. Which sounds a little negative, right? Yeah. But she leads right off with the stat that says, studies have shown that less than 25% of people actually stay committed to their re- uh, resolutions after just 30 days, and only 8% accomplish them. Don't be part of the statistic. This year, set goals instead of resolutions. Okay. So setting goals is like, take something broad, like I want to make more money, but instead of just loftily, my resolution in 2019 is to make more money, break it down. What do you actually mean to do? Yeah. Are you going after a promotion? Are you going to start a new side business? Uh Actually have something actionable that you can work towards rather than I'm going to exercise and lose weight. Yeah. Or what do you mean? Do you mean that you're going to start a, a running program three days a mm-hmm. week? So uh, you got me to listen yeah. to an awesome New Year's resolution podcast from our Betches girls. We love the Betches. You love Diet Starts Tomorrow. I do. I'm not a typical listener, but I did listen to their New Year's resolution episode, and they have this great anagram yeah. for 
keeping your resolutions smart. smart. So this actually um, stems out of project management work. And this is something that in my career we've been um, utilizing in the office on the daily. With everything that we do, we want to make sure it's smart. Is your timeline or let's say your task on a project, is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it achievable? Is it realistic? And is it timely? Mm-hmm. So basically, instead of saying, I want to work out more, you would say, I want to be able to run 10 minutes. So that's like very specific and measurable by June. So you have to give yourself a long like runway, make it achievable and without stopping. Like, yeah, in six months, you can probably do it. That's realistic. And it's timely. You've really cornered yourself into your goal and your resolution. Right. And you can measure it too. Because you can start with one minute. Yeah. And then in two weeks I'll do two minutes and so and so and so until you meet an actual goal. Yeah. And have kept that resolution. It's so much easier than just throwing out there like I want to be a better runner. What does that mean though? Like Mm -hmm. how could somebody else who's never met you before, a third party, recognize that you were able to meet your goal? Right. I grabbed another article too. This is from Inc.com and they had some really great tips for how to um, like stay on that SMART plan. So first of all, they leave the stat too that says approximately 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions have dropped them by the second week of February. Honestly, that's a lot longer than I think that they would have. Yeah, when you, know, you said I don't second know if week I of February, I thought you would have said second week of January. But like, accurate. Sure. So his number Here one tip are. is to make your goal extremely specific, uh-huh. which Smart. we just mentioned. Um, it's number two, make your goal personally meaningful. So like, they talked about that on diet start tomorrow yeah. where Sammy was like, I did want to get into better shape, but I actually made my like pot, like her podcast, her resolution. Like I want to be able to run a half marathon and with my boyfriend, like there was meaning, yeah. there was a reason to get up and run every day. Like his, his, um, Example is, you're unlikely to follow through if you want to get in better shape so that people think you'll look better on the beach this summer. Because ultimately, it's easy to say, you know what, I don't actually give a shit what other people think and just go out there. Say, I want to get in shape because I want to be able to play with my children. Yeah. I want to chase my dog around. Want to walk on the side of Claire. Mm -hmm. Flight of stairs. Guys, I've talked all day to work. (laughs) I already messed up words earlier talking to Amy. So buckle up. So number three, and I love this one, is make your goal positive. Yeah, And his example is, don't say, I want to stop smoking. Okay. That's a negative connotation. I don't make your goal to quit something or to forget something. Uh-huh. Don't stop. Do the start part. Yeah. So, like, your goal, if you want to, you know, not smoke anymore, should be more like, I want to take care of my health, and my first step is to cut back on smoking. Got it. So, you know, I think that that's what I resolved to do this year and I'm kind of dragging you along with me. (laughs) I do want to be in better shape. And I said for myself, I think that I want to take an entire month off drinking. Yes. Because I want to see what that does to my waistline, to my skin, to my get up and go in the morning. Oh yeah. So, you know, I... I probably have slipped and for ease said, I'm going to quit drinking for January. Yeah. Just January, you guys. Look, I'm coming back. <laughs> Mom's but, coming back. Come back hard. <laughs> I'm going to need some wine to get through Valentine's Day. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> I'll buy you flowers. But, you know, I do want to overall be thinner and healthier. So I am going to cut back on the alcohol. So, you know, like, okay, I loved number three and I loved seeing it in words. Yeah. So number four is set your goal, then forget your goal. In other words, don't obsess over it. Oh, okay. And number five is focus on the process. And I think that goes back to the SMART, like yeah. staying measurable, making sure it's actionable, that you can, you know, 
set a timeline to it. You know, it's really cool how you said set your goal and forget your goal. Mm-hmm. My um, my dad and I went kayaking. I was there for the first time in one year mm-hmm. um, over the holiday. And he and I are generally really good at once a month, once every other month, meeting up with one another and going on, like, a really great long kayak for the day. And it's his favorite way to, like, zen out. I love the whole nature thing, minus the alligators. But, like, other than that, it's one <laughs> of my favorite things to do. We're, like, water sports people. He told my mom his New Year's, New Year's resolution was to kayak once a week. And she was like, no, I'm telling you no. And, you know, she shared this with me. She was like, because if you miss one day and you miss a week, you're going to get so hard on yourself. Like, I didn't keep up with my resolution. And she, I was, you know, talking to her about just, like, making your life, changing your life to have these new resolutions in it. And I was like, dad should just be the kind of person that says, like, when I can, I love to kayak once a week. Mm-hmm. And then if he can do that, he can feel really good about himself. And if he misses it, it means that time with family was more important or vacation or, you know, work just got in the way. And maybe next week he can do two kayaks. Like, set your goal, but forget your goal because it shouldn't, you shouldn't live and die by it because there are people out there who will kick themselves, be so mad at themselves for missing a goal and a resolution that, What's the point of now you're mad at yourself? It's also something that you can really get down on yourself on and then go, fuck it. Exactly. You know, like, if it gets to the end of January and he's only managed to make it out for two weeks, how easy is it to be like, well, you know what? That resolution didn't work. Fuck it. Forget it. And then there's no kayaking to be had at all. Rather than when I have an opportunity, I will kayak. And that's just... It's more positive. And yeah, less, and I think that allows pressure. you to look around and be like, wow, you know, I'm looking at my week. Sunday, we don't have anything. I think I'm going to go kayak on Sunday mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, trying to carve it out where you notice it a little bit differently. You change your perspective. Yeah. I think when you claim yourself to be somebody in that way. Yeah. I really love the positive thing. Like, don't stop smoking. Start getting healthier. I love that. That yes. really speaks to me. I really do like that as well. I mean... I also feel really proud of the fact that I think in the last eight days I've had more tea than I've had in the last year. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm going to go with like starting to add positive things into my life. (laughs) So much hot tea has been consumed. I'm a generally hate hot beverages kind of girl. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Stick with me. They're all stick with me. Stick with you. Let's see where we go. Um, Okay. Though on the other end of the spectrum, (laughs) going back to podcasts, we both listened to this week's episode of Bitch Sesh, oh. and they were going through resolutions, and they were kind of talking about, like, the actual actionability of certain uh-huh. resolutions, and Casey Wilson is so funny. First of all, she was like, my resolution is to stay negative because I know that I will achieve it. <laughs> so, also, you know, you do you. Yeah. But I do actually really like something Casey said and took it to heart. She was like, I'm so sick of people having these, like, lofty words. Yes. And, you know, word of the year is a thing, but her t- hers, like... These intention ones, like, I'm going to be more present in 2019. (laughs) She's like, that is such a bullshit resolution because don't you basically mean just look at your phone less? Like, look at your phone less is an actionable thing to do. Uh Being present, you are going to forget that by January 3rd, no doubt. Yeah. So here's why it's even funnier. Mm -hmm. Because best friend of the pod, Beth, and I were talking the other day, and she was asking if I had any New Year's resolutions and or what was my word of the year. And sorry, then, B. Sorry, B. We love you so much, but this is who you are. Um, she knows. She it's knows. fine. So I explained to her that I did not have a word of the year other than hate for your cats as they just came flying in. Um, so she, I was like, I don't have a word of the year. And she's like, oh, I forgot. Like, you don't subscribe to, like, the Oprah 
world of, you know, curating your life, etc. I was like, no. No. I mean, we love Oprah, but yeah. I'm not a Super Soul Sunday fan. No. I did start listening to it this week because I thought, like, why not? Sure. Then that New Year's resolution is going to go away. But I asked Beth, what podcast was she listening to that inspired her to have a word of the year? So she shared with me the Biz Chicks podcast, Female Entrepreneurs, Women in Small Businesses by Biz Chicks. Now, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X. Biz Chicks. Fancy spelling. So zenny all of her. So zenny So this is episode 351, so this girl has clearly been pottying a little bit longer than you and I. More than three years. How to create a theme for your year. Yes, a little bit more than three years. So this is all about how can you live a year with intention. Don't let life and your business happen to you. Take control and set a theme for your year. So um, the woman talks about how she created her own word. Or she chose her word for the year and had other people writing in what their words are. It was interesting. I won't lie. Clearly, she has a business with this chicks, biz or biz chicks. Yeah. And her coop, mm-hmm. as she calls them. And I, every five minutes, I was getting sold, like, another product or template on her website where I could go and find my word of the year. Mm-hmm. I did find a quiz online today to find out what my word of the year was. And? It's hope, but it was also a very religious quiz. Mm-hmm. It was like which of these, like, lines from the Bible speaks to you. And I was like, I don't think this is what I meant to be doing. You don't even remember any of your scripture. No. <laughs> I was like, what was that word, Deuteronomy? Where did that come from? I don't know. Um, but does hope speak to you in any way, that word? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I I defy somebody to get a word like hope and be like, that's not my word of the year. I'm not hopeful. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of... Also, one of those things where it made me think a little bit like with a horoscope. I could say my day is going to go a certain way by getting a horoscope. Right. And I find it. So, like, if you got the word inspire, would you be like, no, I don't want to be inspiring this year. Like, it's hard to find the <laughs> negative. hard one to turn it's down. It's hard to turn down the negative, like, to find negativity in these words. But with hope, I was like, yeah, I hope my job gets status. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. hope for a lot of things, of course. But, um... I just really feel like at the end of the day, I think it's great that people decided to go with the word of the year and curate their life in that direction. I just realized I am not that person. Yeah. You know, I listened to a podcast uh, I'd never heard before uh, called Positivatini, which is a really cute name. So cute. It's got three hosts, Travis, Erica, and Amy. <gasps> That's us. Right. Which we don't have a Travis, but. You can find one. Definitely <laughs> it made me click when yeah. I saw, you know, that in the. Um, title, but they did an episode about resolutions. By the way, their whole deal, if you're into positivity podcasts, is 10-minute podcasts, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, quick hits of hope, support, and inspiration. So, uh, you know, just for shits, because it was the theme of the week, I listened to their resolution Uh podcast. They were sharing their resolutions and kind of tips and tricks. But one thing that the host, Travis, said that I kind of It's kind of the opposite of the smart plan that we were just talking about, but he was talking about a motto of the year. So that kind of goes along with word of the year. He said his was for 2018, feel good, do good. It's really simple. It's really lofty, but if you use it almost as an aspiration, or I'm sorry, an affirmation, Uh you know, like if your affirmation for the year is feel good, do good, or if you, if you were assigned that word hope and just in every circumstance, if you just let hope sit and live with you. I guess I can't see how that could be negative in exactly. any way. Yeah. And I'm not going to live, laugh, love on my <laughs> wall, but I definitely am a fan of art that makes me feel a specific way. You know, right over where all my jewelry and perfume is, there's like, like a boss mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I do 
That's absolutely how I am into affirmation things that work for me. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to these, it has to be personal. It has to resonate with you and not feel false. Yes. I think that that's so important. I have a lot of things in my room that is just like do good or today's a good day to have a good day. Like just positive things, but not for me false and fake because mm-hmm. I can't be fake in those kinds of things. You know that. Yeah. You know, I word art so gets made fun of. Oh, and, so much. That's know, why I pulled out the live, laugh, love. Right, like <laughs> the bougies of the world uh-huh. make fun of those of us with word art in the house. Look, we've got a few pieces of word art yeah. around here, and I don't give a shit. No, I'm basic. Come at me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> but, you know, again, I, I'm i never going to put a sign in my house that says dance like no one is watching. <laughs> but I do have something that best friend Beth gave me several years ago when I was kind of in a funk that I hang over my class that says do more of what makes you happy so I see that every morning as I walk in to get Uh dressed and it's an affirmation that I just love to see in my life all the time so I don't know if that counts towards a resolution but certainly it's the time of the year to stop and think about what does make you happy what you do want how you want to feel and what you want to surround yourself with yeah right I think so I mean that's why I've got like I think I've got that something similar to what you have over your closet in my bathroom I've got in my Walk-in closet, today's a good day to have a good day. Like, I've got stuff everywhere that anytime I look around in my bedroom, there's something to give me positivity, but (laughs) it's not a word of the year. I also have a sign on my desk at work that says, maybe swearing will help. (laughs) That's... That's us. And just that's us. When I want to swear, it just gives me a giggle. (laughs) When we were at our work session today, I fully let, like, a lot of swear words go. And my team, like, looks at me and I was like... Buckle up, fuckers. This is how it goes. And they were like, these, like, I work with all these guys, and these two girls were like crying, laughing. They're like, nice. Yeah. So I like, just put a dollar in yeah. the I mean, a, ta- a, a jar. I'll owe them the a lot of money by the end of this project. Right. That's Make for it a sure. Penny jar, not a dollar jar. Ooh, that's a better idea. Who yeah. has pennies? Who has pennies? So, okay. Um, word of the year, motto of the year, whatever. We're behind that. We're sure. also behind smart, actionable resolutions. Very much so. Um, so I did, in looking about on the internet, about stuff for New Year's resolutions today, kind of find, like, in America, what are the top resolutions yeah. this year? So, like, the, they bucketed them into, like, seven categories. Uh-huh. So do you want to hear what 2018s were versus 2019s? Yeah, definitely. So are they majorly different? Some of them are, yeah. And I think that kind of... The state of our world or the state of our nation, <laughs> some of this might make sense. So in 2018, 41% of people said they wanted to exercise more slash lose weight. And in 19, 38% did. So okay. not a big change. But the next one is save money. In 2018, 31% said they wanted to save more money. In 2019, 37%. Okay. So that's a jump, and I think that some economic fear yeah. over some shit that went down the last year might um, inform that. The third one is travel. 18% in 2018 wanted to travel more. 24% in 2019 wanted to travel more. We wanted GTFO uh-huh. is what we wanted to Basically. Um, these next ones are all pretty much the same. They're get a new job slash hobby, 11% in 18, 12% in 19. Make new friends, which I think is nice. I love that. 10% said they wanted to do that in 18, 11% in 19. <sighs> Find love. 
Only 6% needed to find love in 2018. And Aww. we got to tick up. We need 7% of us are looking to find love in 2018. Always. And then other came in at 3%. Okay. Both years. But what I thought was interesting, too, is, like, they broke this down by state. So, like, what the top two answers were out of those seven. I like For that. every state in the nation. Yeah, you can almost see, like, the trends. Right. Like, so, is Iowa in need of love? You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to hear a few? I do. Okay, where do you want to start? Um, you know, we're in Florida. Okay, let's, let's go to Florida. Florida. So, um, and this is just for 2019. The top two answers are exercise more, 31%, and save more money at 28%. Always good. Okay. You're from Pennsylvania. Do you want to know what in home, your home state they want yes. to do this year? Okay. In Pennsylvania, excuse me, it's on the next page. Correct. Let me... Let me do. Oh, no, well, it got cut off, so we'll never know. Okay, I was born in New York. How about that? Okay, let's do New York. So in New York, 44% of people want to exercise more, and 36% want to save more money. Nice. I'm from Michigan. Let's check that one out. Woo-hoo-hoo! Talk about GTFO. Um, <laughs> travel. 58% <gasps> of Michiganders want to travel more this year, and 31% want to exercise more. Awesome. So maybe people need to go on like exercise vacations. I would, you know, my number one thing I want to do in the world. Okay. I have a weird list of things I want. I want to fly fish for some reason, like in water with the waders, but I really want to go to like, you know, Costa Rica or one of these like getaway yoga retreats where you just Mm -hmm. eat healthy all day and have green juices. But at night I want to put a little bit of vodka in it. (laughs) (laughs) You need to start like a bucket list for that kind of Uh, stuff. I should start a bucket list for the weird things I want to do. Totally. And then like your resolution every year can be like mark two things off bucket list. That's a great idea. I actually really like that because it's not too lofty. You're welcome. So of all of those, what would you say your top two would be? Okay. Your own state. The state of Amy. Let me run down the seven again. Yeah. So here's your choices my choices our choices exercise more save money travel get a new job make new friends find love or other okay okay i mean to a certain percent i want to do all of these things correct right but it's like if i can pick two that i really want to focus on in 20 that would make you the happiest that would make me the happiest Look, oh, this is, like, so lame and sad sap, but find love Yeah, would be at the top of my list. Because I, I think that with love, so many other great things happen. Yeah. You might travel more. You know, your significant other, like, let's get away to Savannah for the weekend. And you move sure. in together. You start saving money because you guys have a dank dual-income right. family. Um, and I think number two for me is exercise more, lose weight. Now, if I did that, maybe the finding love part yes. <laughs> would come more exactly. naturally. So what, how about you? Um, I definitely think the whole exercise thing got out of my exercise funk this year. Mm-hmm. was in such a good rhythm and man, it's one of those things that with like a resolution, one thing can take you down. You know, I've talked about it on the show before, but when my job got cut back in March, like mm-hmm. that was a game changer. My brain mentally never got back into working out and like taking care of myself in that way. I was so focused on work. So I'd want to bring that back up. And then I barely travel this year. I feel like I used to go to LA all the time, you know, visiting people. And so I would say those two things would be high on my list. Okay. So now we've got our lofty resolutions. We need to make our S-M-A-R-T action plan. Absolutely. I really did that bucket list thing that you just talked about. Okay. Well, take it, girl. I will. Um, 
Shall we roll our shoulders back and move on and talk about what the pulse of podcasts are? Yes, absolutely. We've wrapped up our resolutions. We're committing to them. We're moving on. What are the three? So we've did this before in the past. We took a little break over the holiday for our rewind episode, but we want to bring you guys every week the podcast pulse here, the three shows that are the most popular on iTunes today. Right now. Right now. And so Amy and I just quickly looked before we started recording and we were laughing. We thought that they would be different considering we were talking about resolutions and health and all of these great things. But the top three shows, guys, were trash. America's trash. <laughs> well, the number one show is a new podcast, which I think is why it hit it the top. Is. It's called Fill in the Blanks, and it's by one of my personal heroes, Dr. Phil McGraw. Mr. Phil. Yeah, Mr. Phil. Fine, Erica. Um, I knew this podcast was coming because I watch his show diligently, and I've seen the commercials for it. His first episode just dropped today. Okay, that's why this is at the top. Well, and, and you laughed earlier. You said, oh, of course, Mr. Phil, resolutions. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, it's actually his podcast is... Um, more like a celebrity talk yeah. format. So his first episode, his guest is Shaq, which I'm not sure if I'm interested in an interview with Shaq, but why the hell not? But you know what? Sh- was Shaq and Kazam? Shazam? <laughs> I'm trying to tie it back to Mandela Effect. We're all doing it right. I have no clue what movie actually happened. Sinbad <laughs> was not in it. Sinbad was not it. That's what it was. Um, so then episode two. Or the second most podcast yeah. two. Yeah. Um, is Monster. Yes. And you... Like, or like, I have to like listen to this one. It's all of the Zodiac Killer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is the whole true crime as entertainment world. Another great documentary podcast about murder. Yeah, and then just going to show that it's really only just a few days later, even though it's a brand new year. The third most popular podcast today is the Joe Rogan Experience. And not this surprised. is not surprising. We've seen it at the top of the list a lot. I gave a couple of episodes ago and thought it would be a lot more aggressive than it is. And if you're looking to hear just Joe Rogan talk to celebrities or different people he's interviewing for an hour or plus. Yeah, he talks a long time. It's not bad. He's actually pretty good and intelligent. And I mind it. Yeah. So good for him so once again. There's the top of the charts. That's what people are listening to. Go forth and conquer. Yes. In the meantime... Eric and I listened to so many other podcasts this week. I, like, potted out, and I totally have some pop-ups I want to share. Yeah. Do you want to go first or want me to kick it off? Why don't you kick it off? Okay. So, um, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier. The State of the Union isn't the greatest union that we've ever been in, and that's why there's a couple of resolutions floating around. That is our opinion. Our opinion. opinion of Podcast Rewind. Yeah, allegedly. (laughs) Um, So... Last year, one of my resolutions was I got the book What the Fuck by Mark Marin from mm-hmm. my uncle, and it was snippets of different conversations he had on his podcast. My resolution was to finish the book. I didn't. I got about halfway through and just kind of thumb it every now and then, but lots of great in-depth conversations, and there was a lot of quotes with President Barack Obama, mm-hmm. and it was the very first time a sitting president was ever on a podcast. Now, presidents have been on, like, late-night shows, news interviews, of course, but a true podcast. This is the very first time. So it got me thinking, I haven't listened to it. Let me go back. And so I went all the way back to episode 613, June 22nd, 2015. So it's a minute ago. A long time ago, and it's a little over an hour. And truly, Barack Obama comes to Mark Maron's house and podcasts with him in his garage, Mm -hmm. and they talk about... 
him in college, growing up, fitting in, gun violence. There was a recent shooting prior to this podcast. And so talking all about that, what it's like to disappoint people after he got into office with this whole concept of change, but kind of had to tell everybody, like, sit down. It's a coming. I have to do a couple of things before I get there. And it's such a great podcast. Just hearing him kind of set the scene, how the Secret Service had to come in, sweep his house, sweep all of his neighbors' homes. Mm-hmm. They had snipers on homes all up and down. So his, like, But he said, like, everybody in his neighborhood didn't even care. Mm-hmm. They were like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, bring him to the neighborhood. The, the president is here. It was just like a hug. Uh-huh. It was such a good reminder, you know, how great he was as our president and the amazing things that he did and how real he was and how it was not beneath him as a president to come and sit down with Mark Maron and have really in-depth conversations. It was so open and honest. What's also cool is the very next episode is just Mark on the mic really breaking down what the fuck it was like to <laughs> talk to the president. He's like, I had him in my garage. <laughs> That's so And cool. like during it, he was like, oh, I like that poster up on the wall. He's like, oh God, the president liked something I had up on the wall. Here like, you can have it, man. Do you yeah, want take it? whatever you want. The, the house, it's yours. <laughs> you and the you know, Michelle and the girls can come live here. Habeas corpus, he could just take it, right? I think is so. Is that how that works? Is it? I don't know. I don't know either. But, um... It was just a really good podcast, and I was just, like, looking around and just really glad that I listened to it. So, like I said, my resolution last year is to finish this Mark Barron book. So, continuing that resolution is to finish it and then go back and listen to the interviews that sparked the most with me. That's cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. What did you listen to? Oh, my God. I got super obsessed with this documentary podcast over the Christmas break. Um, It came out in October of last year. And I'd heard about it a little bit, but I finally jumped on board when I was in my car a lot over yeah. the break. And so I listened to Bear Brook. Okay. That sounds really familiar. I'm sure that we've seen it scroll by when we're looking on the at the iTunes charts. And I heard several of my favorite podcasters, like My Favorite Murder, okay. and a couple others just mentioned that they were obsessed with Bear Brook. So I decided to jump in. And holy shit balls! So this is a six-parter. Um, it's from New Hampshire Public Radio, and um, as is is as is the same as some of my favorite true crime or mystery uh-huh. podcasts. They didn't set out to do this story. The story happened, and it had to be told. And an article was written, but it wasn't enough. They needed to do a full on cool. podcast about this story. So this reporter, who is our host, his first name is Jason. Um, He worked for New Hampshire Public Radio as um, mostly in the political department. So he says it's late 2015. Um, He is following like Hillary's um, uh, campaign, campaign, right, for the 2016 election. And this story comes across that he'd never heard of before about these two barrels that had been a mystery in New Hampshire since 1985. Hmm. So I'll just quick lay it out. In the town of Allenstown in New Hampshire, in Bearbrook State Park back in 1985, some kids were playing in the forest, and they find a barrel. And what do kids do with barrels? Like, Ooh, knock what is it that? Over. They knocked it over, and they said some weird-smelling goo Ooh. came out. They were like, gross. They jump on their folder reeler, and they run away. <laughs> a few months later, a hunter comes across the um, barrel again, calls the police, and they come open it, and there are two bodies. 
inside this barrel. And they are skeletal. They are very decomposed by now. And they take them out and they realize, sadly, it's a woman, probably in her 20s to 30s, and a girl, (gasps) 8 to 9 years old. And so they're trying to figure out, you know, solve this crime. Obviously, they didn't put themselves in the barrel. So the problem is they could never identify these bodies. Remember, it's the 80s, so, like, DNA is not a lot. They could basically just by the bones figure out that they were women of certain ages. So uh, they said, you know, the first step to solving pretty much any homicide is to identify the victim Uh so that you can figure out kind of who would do that to them. But they were never able to identify. They were searching records of schools, who is, you know, what children are missing. yeah, of course. The missing people's registries. Nobody fitting a description like this was fitting. So the case goes cold, and the town sweetly, like, a church buried them. And, you know, the constituents put together money to to bury them, and they have this blank headstone, and the, you know, very lovely. But anyway, uh, fast forward to 2000. A new um, detective is in the town of Ellenstown, and he's opening up cold cases. And he comes across this 1985 case of the barrel and is trying to figure it out, trying to reopen it, and thinks, you know what I need to do? I need to retrace the steps of discovering this barrel. So he goes out to the forest, and he's dicking around. He's trying to get to where the barrel is. And lo and fucking behold, 300 feet away from the original site, he finds a second (gasps) barrel. No one saw that before? So they retrace it and they looked. I mean, it sounds stupid, right? It's only 300 yeah. feet away. It's a football field away, but oh it's not gosh. clear like a football field. Think of that You're dense right. New Hampshire exactly. forest. It was just missed for 15 years. Jeez. He finds a second barrel, two more bodies. Uh, of course. Get ready. This is sad. Two little girls, about two and about <gasps> three years old, are oh. in this second barrel. The worst. So now we've got four bodies, two barrels, and again, this case goes cold. Some uh, plenty of, um, you know, armchair investigators get involved. And at least now in 2000, there is some sort of DNA um, testing that they can do. So they're able to just figure out, like, familial testing. Okay. What they can figure out is that the woman is related to the oldest child and the youngest child. They think, of course, she's probably their mother, but as far as the DNA they have, they can really only tell she might be their mother, she might be a sister, she yeah. might be a first cousin. That's as far as they can get. But that middle child is not related <gasps> to them at all. They have no idea. Uh, so that makes it even more intriguing. Like, what the fuck? So then leave that story, right? Okay. Leave it alone and jump forward in the podcast and learn about the story of Ensoon June, a woman in California who was in her 40s and hadn't really ever gotten married or date much in her life or have a family of her own. She finally meets a man, and she's so happy. And we're talking to – the podcast host is talking to her cousin, who talks about how Ensoon finally brought her boyfriend home for Christmas, and they were all eked out. Really? Just like she said that she'd never met a man before, and the the, uh, hairs on the back of her neck stood up. (gasps) Just immediate bad vibes from this dude. But the cousin Ensoon loved him – and then, of course, a few months later, Ensoon disappears. Uh-huh. And then, um, then cut to this other story of this little girl named Lisa, who's now a woman. She's now our age. At the age of five, she was abandoned by her caretaker, who claimed to be her father, um, in a, uh, a trailer park, essentially. He and, he and his daughter, Lisa, had lived in this trailer park. 
And then one day he up and left her with the nice old couple next door. Right. And so this girl got abandoned and eventually adopted out. And now she's a woman, but she never knew who she really was. They don't really believe Lisa is her real first name. And then come to find out when she's adopted, she was severely sexually abused. You could tell by the way that she was interacting with other adults and other males that she had a very bad conception of um, how you're supposed to relate to others. So then come to find, so back, so in January of 2017, let's go back to Allenstown, New okay. Hampshire, a press conference is called, they have finally broken this case of the barrels, kind of, and all of those things, those different stories that were told are all related. Oh, yeah. And of course, there is a chameleon serial killer who's involved in all of this. So Enston June's fiance boyfriend was Larry Vanner, not his real name. Lisa's hashtag or quotes father is Curtis, not, not his, his real name. name. Um, Lisa, however, they do find a woman who's an armchair genealogist or an amateur genealogist who specializes in reuniting adopted children with their families through like online, like D23 uh-huh. and Ancestry.com, like oh, 23 matches, and me. Yeah. 23 and me, excuse me, um, matches to kind of figure out like your DNA, where uh-huh. does it match, and trying to help people reunite, or at least figure out who their families, their real blood families may be. And so that's how we figure out that Lisa's real mother was Jane Goodall, or Denise, excuse me, Denise <laughs> Goodell, who disappeared with a name, a, bo- a nam- man named Bob Evans. Not his real name. Not his real name. We've No one has ever seen Denise since. Denise is also not the woman in the barrel because Lisa's DNA is not the same as hers. Um, but we do now. Basically, it all comes together. This man is all the yeah. same thing. All of these cases are related. That middle child in the barrel is his daughter. So eventually for Enstune's murder, he does get arrested. And that's how they get his DNA and his fingerprints and are finally able to link Things are just all of this place. stuff together. But still to this day, we don't know who the other three in the barrel are. Um, there's so many questions, but it's completely fascinating how they go through the forensic DNA process yeah. to figure this all out. And what really got me so excited about it is this amateur genealogist, Barbara Ray Vetner, who started off just trying to help Lisa figure out who she is as an adult, came in and was able to trace all of this as much as she could yeah. to... Um, his real name is, I don't know, fuck his real name. I don't remember what it is. But then, because she was successful there, a few months later, she got called back in to see if she could do anything about that Golden State Killer case. <gasps> and so she single-handedly not That's only, mm-hmm, she broke this first, and then several months later broke the Golden State Killer case with her same Shut approach. up. Because as you were talking, I was like, oh, it's just like the Golden State Killer. They did an Ancestry.com thing. Yeah, the same woman. Ooh, and now, she should write a book. Oh, she should. And even on the last episode of the podcast they just really talked about this brand new investigative technique they have in this genealogy this familial genealogy and like all these uploads and like what it really means now to upload your genetics and like you actually aren't in control of it like I don't know if any of my cousins have done it even my first cousins my second third fourth fifth cousins any of them put their shit online and you can get to me nowadays oh yeah our buddy, I have family members that did it. Our Billy Jensen, who we love, who's yes. one of the hosts of First Degree, calls into the last episode oh, cool. and really talks about how, like, 
police departments all over the world are going to add these departments, these genealogy departments. Yeah. They're going to have to soon. And just how fascinating and how this case was crazy and twisted and super interesting. But Barbara Ray Vetner and this entire new process is really the story here. And like an entire new way to solve so many cold cases could come and be solved. And just in the future, like it's going to be so, as long as we can get a drop of that criminal's DNA, identifying them is going to become so much easier. This than is going to be a new series on TV, like law and order. Oh, 23 and me. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And then at the end, use promo code law and order to right. get 20% off your DNA kit. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually this website called gen match because ancestry uh-huh. and 23 and me have like privacy policies yes. that, um, uh, Police can't yeah. use them yet, yeah. but there's another one called Gen Match that you can. So Amazing. it was really fascinating. I totally recommend Brer Brook. If you're a true crime fan, if you're a science fan, yeah. if you're into genealogy, um, if you have taken those tests and uh-huh. you want to know like how they're using your shit, oh my god, yeah, check out Brer Brook. It is so fucking good. Awesome. Yeah. I had another small one, but I think I'm going to save it. Okay. Because I just got like stoked about that and I don't want to like... You want to end it on a high note? I want to end it on a high note, yeah. Nice. All right, well, I think we resolved to have our very first podcast in 2019. Yeah. All about resolutions and so much more. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess we are resolved, <laughs> like you said, to um, have a great week to move forward on our resolutions. Yes. I'm going to stay sober, knocking on wood. Um, and we're going to be back next week, right? Episode yeah. Episode 58 we, coming. Absolutely. Um, if you guys have any tips and tricks on resolutions, how we can stick to them, what you have resolved to do this year, be sure to swing through our Instagram or Twitter mm-hmm. at podcast RWD. Let us know what you're planning for in 2019. Yeah. But like Amy said, we're going to have a great week. We will see you next week. But in the meantime, do not forget to resolve to <laughs> be kind and rewind. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.